That's into right field. Long run for Pilar. And Pilar all out into foul territory to make the play. Bogarts with a drive out to right field. Judges back on it, and that one's gone. Against all odds, here's a high fly ball driven deep to right. Verdugo back to the pen. Leaps up. He caught it. He caught the ball. He took it back. And I will keep on waiting for a better day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the pesky poll podcast. My name is Robert, and this is episode 54. We've gone so many episodes into this. It's insane. We're closing in on one year. It's awesome. Joining me today is a guy who's been following the show for, what, months now? It's got to be way longer than a ton of people. One of the ride or dies for this channel, known on Instagram as JD Martin, but Jermaine, introduce yourself to the people. How you doing today? Uh, I'm doing great, Robert. Uh, you know, I first started watching your guys' podcasts. I think you guys were doing a follow for follows, and... You know, I saw it, I, I love the creative name, Pesky Pole. And so it took me a while before I actually went and started listening to the podcast. But I was like, you know, I'm like, I fall, you know, I might as well check it out. And so, you know, just listening to you and Ari, you know, it was just, I, I enjoyed it. And so that's why I always loved actively uh, participating. And so, I mean, I love all Boston sports. Uh, mm -hmm. My friend got me into sports. He was from the Boston area. I was originally all LA fan. Everybody act like I betrayed them. I'm like, Boston's just better. So, I mean, you ain't wrong. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, you, and you got it. You, you can admit this. Ari was the funny one, right? Yeah, he, he really brought the energy. That, that was his role. He, he didn't do any prep work, no nothing like that. He just showed up and was funny. That was his whole thing. But we have a great great episode for you guys we hope you guys enjoy it but without further ado let's just get right into it for the youtube people you get to see me twice a week now eight times a month eight to nine times a month depending on the month make sure you hit that like and subscribe button so you can see every time i go live spotify and itunes gang i have so much to thank for you guys because you guys are hitting me record numbers for this channel and i can't thank you enough all right, it's been a record month for me already, and we're only halfway through. So if you are listening on Spotify, please consider listening through the whole thing. And then if you like the content, hit that follow button so you can see every single time that I go live. With that, follow the Instagram at Pesky Poll Podcast. Jermaine, you got anything to say to the people before we get started? Not much. Just, you know, I know the focus is uh, baseball, but how about those Bruins? You know, we're, we're steamrolling, so, you know. Make sure you, uh, you're still watching those Bruins games. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be honest. Like, out of the four professional sports, hockey is the one I follow the least. I don't know why, but I just, like, never really gotten into hockey. And, you know, it, uh, I myself wasn't big into hockey either. Uh, when I really started getting into hockey, happened to be the uh, Stanley Cup run. Of course, I, I remember uh, 2011, but mm -hmm. uh, I wasn't really into hockey, so watching them uh, – make that deep run unfortunately losing to the to the blues game seven it, yeah. it really sucked i hate jordan bennington the burning passion i'm mad that tory crew went there 
Mm-hmm. That felt like real betrayal. But, uh, <laughs> you know, this year uh, we're really good going 10-1-2, and two, top, of, uh, top of the division. So, you know, it's looking good. Uh, kind of the best we have right now. Mm-hmm. They are still rolling. And let's just say don't forget about them Patriots either. Like, I know it's the offseason, but we got a lot of big decisions that we need to – that the team needs to figure out, you know. I And I don't know if you listened to the Fumble Rooski podcast by one of their show last week, and I said this. Cam Newton is going to be part of the football team next year. That's my bold prediction. So, I guess the way all the free uh, trades are playing out, I wouldn't be too mad with Cam returning only because of who's left out there. You know, Matthew Stafford, who I know is your God. dream pick, already sent to L.A. You know, uh, I was actually okay with possibly, you know, the uh, Eagles trading Carson Wentz. I was okay with it. Uh, big upside could crash, but, you know, turns out not really involved in that either. So, you know, nope. probably not going to get Deshaun Watson. So, yeah. looking, looking at what's left, I wouldn't be too mad if we uh, returned Cam Newton, give him more time. He still can throw. People don't. People doubt his throwing ability. I think if you give him more time, better weapons, he can he can work with it. I mean, Brady all those years could work with uh, kind of iffy weapons. Cam, you know, maybe if we give him some upgrades, the offense could be better. Yeah, we'll get we'll get more into that at the end of the episode because this is a baseball podcast. But really quick, um, what was I going to say? First of all. Cam Newton can't be Tom Brady because it's Tom Brady's the only Tom Brady. All right, Cam Newton, even prime Cam Newton was nowhere close to Tom Brady. Second, Cam Newton only threw two passing touchdowns at Gillette in eight games, which is very sad that Josh Allen had more touchdowns at Gillette in two games than Cam Newton did in eight. But I think we need to build through the draft. We need to just get a QB first round. As long as one of those top four QBs falls to us, I'm happy. Yeah, yeah that's about where I stand. But – Let's get into the Red Sox news, the thing that people have been waiting for. The Red Sox, finally, we we were, got a good reliever and replaced replaced him with a terrible one. All right, well, other way, you, you get what I mean. So yeah. we got, and I'm always going to butcher his name as long as he's on the team, Hirokazu Sawamura, a reliever out of Japan. Now, I'm going to look up his stats real quick, but when you saw the signing, what did you think? So first off... Anytime I see foreign names coming into the game, I get excited because I always just go back to Shohei. And, you know, there's a lot of big names, but what excited me the most was when the Angels signed Shohei and all the the hype around him. So anytime I see any name coming from a foreign country, I know league's going to be a little different where they play, but I'm looking for them to stand out in any way they can. So hearing that, you know, he has a – upper 90s fastball, you know, he's got a good breaking ball. That's pretty exciting to add to a bullpen that's uh, pretty lacking. Yeah. You know who they compared him to? That'd be Koji. And we remember how much we love Koji. You know, this dude, really looking at the numbers, he's not terrible. He's a dude that's going to come in and pitch like one inning, got very little stamina, but He's got a high fastball that's in 97, 98. Got a, from the reports I've seen, a great splitter. And last year, his ERA was about a three with Japan. And bring that up to the MLBs, it's going to be about, best guess, be a four for his ERA. But 
the best news about all this is we got rid of Jeffrey Springs. And you remember how bad Jeffrey Springs was, all right? Yeah, that was too many games. And you know what? It will be the one time I'll say I'm lucky that I don't get the out-of-market Boston games because looking at the bullpen was atrocious. Yep. Uh, I, you know what? They designated him for an assignment. I, I hope someone comes takes him away. I, I don't want to see him come up this year. Mm-hmm. Ten bucks says the Cubs will take him. All right, that's that's my guess. Because you know, Cubs Cubs already took a flyer on Osich that worked for about two months, and then Cubs are now taking a flyer on Robert Stock. So it wouldn't surprise me if they decide, you know what, Jeffrey Springs, you know, what's one more? Right. Yep, they can go right for the trifecta. Just <laughs> take them away. Don't need them. Don't care. Cubs take all of our trash, which I kind of get it because you know most there are some people out there that have like what I would call the Sunny Gray syndrome. Good pitcher. Just does not perform well in big markets. You know, Sonny Gray, great with the athletics, goes to New York, terrible, goes to the Reds, and is great again. Yeah. Hopefully, and I'm, I'm going to say, hopefully Jeffrey Springs finds another team and he turns his career around. You know, would that make Boston look bad? Only hope the best. Yeah. You know, I got no hate for guys who end up sucking and then getting released, aka Ben Attendee, which we'll talk about later. But... You know, I'm I'm excited to see because uh, I can't remember what it, this like last week or two weeks ago I had said that there were twelve pitchers and three of them I didn't trust with the ball in their hand. It's great to see that we got one of them out of here. So the two pitchers I don't trust now are Barnes and Brazier. Yeah, uh, you know it's still tough. I mean. Whenever I look at rosters and I still see they have Matt Barnes listed as the closer, that uh, it, it definitely puts a feeling in my stomach. There's there's no way he's going to be the closer. It has to be Ottavino, right? Yeah. There's, I I can't see a world where after the last two years, in 2019, 2020, that Matt Barnes has had, that you still say, you know what, that's my guy. That's my closer. That's a guy I want coming in the ninth inning in close situations to shut the door. No. I, I don't see a world where that's possible. You know, at best, he's a seventh-inning guy. Yeah, yeah I, I don't have a problem with him being on the team, but, he, yeah, coming in the ninth, I'm hoping that, you know, I always say we have a good offense. Maybe we won't need to put him out there in situations like that. But at this point, Arvino's got to be the guy. You know, see how he looks during spring training. Uh, maybe you give Matt Barnes at first because he's been there, but it's got to be Arvino's job at some point. It has to, and the only reason Ottavino lost to John because they got that really good guy named Chapman. Yeah. You know, and, uh, oh, why am I forgetting their other closer? Zach Britton. Zach Britton, yep. I know yep, it was the Orioles. Yep, Zach Britton, also great, great closer. So, you know, that's the only reason he lost job, not because he wasn't good, just because there were better options. You know, so I'm, I don't know, this bullpen, like, if you had to grade this bullpen like in its improvement from last year what are you giving it oh improvement grade oh yeah it, it you know kind of did a, a good job improving the bullpen from last year you know what uh he had to work with last year uh it's still you know like you said ryan brazier matt barnes still there uh i when i look at espn and they show the uh 
depth chart. I'm still seeing Darwinson Hernandez. Uh, there's still links to go, you know, maybe next year. But it's definitely looking a whole lot better than last year. You know, anytime I'm glad to see Austin Bryce, you know, Jeffrey Springs gone off of the uh, depth chart, you know, that's a great job. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and we're going to keep talking about last year's terrible, terrible relief pitching until we get this season, we get that bad taste out of our mouth. You know, it's – and even like – because you and I, even though we're younger, we'll still remember this team for a while. You know, we're still going to remember how bad 2020 was for the Red Sox, how we just sucked in every caliber that wasn't offense-related. Like, even even the defense of our guys is absolutely atrocious, and that's something I really, really hope we can figure out. I think we're, like, top five in errors, something around that area. But combine bad defense with a horrendous pitching, you're – you're one of the worst teams in the league, no matter how good your offense is. Yep, and that's exactly how it worked out. Because mm-hmm. we still had, what, top 10 offense? Yeah. Somewhere around there? Yeah, it was it was nuts. But I want to get your opinion, because the people already heard my opinion from last episode. I want to get your opinion on what happened last week, the Benny trade. Now, I wanted to cover it last week when the news originally broke, but, of course, I had to hit the record button, or I had to hit – the end record button 10 minutes after or 10 minutes before the news broke. Cause of course that's how life works. Right. So you, you hear that Andrew Benintendi's traded. What are your first thoughts that go through your head? So, I mean, you knew the whole time, same with you, you wanted him gone. I thought he would go to the twins. Maybe we get some pitching back going to the Royals. Uh, that, that's not too bad for him, but to me, when I look at the trade, you know, a lot of people gaslight Kime just kind of with the how do you trade Mookie last year and then trade Benatendi this year. People are living in the past. Um, like, when I when I look at his stats, uh, Benny's never hit over 300 in a season. Closest he got was 290 in 2018. 2018 was a magical season, probably not topping that. And, you know, to get how many – four or five players back for, you know, Andrew Benatendi who hit – like 109 last year, um, I couldn't be more excited. You know, people talk about, you know, Franchi Cordero. I, when I look at the, you know, stat-stat comparison last year, uh, Cordero played like 16 games and Tindy had, you know, about 15. You know, it's the difference between Franchi hitting 211 and, you know, Benny hitting 109. Like, I don't see how people could be mad with this trade. Uh, we haven't heard the other two players to be named, but, you know, Getting a pitching prospect, um, you know, uh, out, another outfielder that, you know, definitely was swinging the bat better than Benny was, has power, uh, upside for power, speed, like you said last week. You know, I'm not mad. I, there's, you know, the only way we lose this trade is if, you know, somehow Benny goes back two years and puts up 2018 numbers, which I don't think he will. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you said, selling on upside. If he's good, maybe he hits 200, but, you know, I don't know. Uh, I think this was the right move to uh, go ahead and get return back, definitely better return than uh, we definitely had in Benny. Mm-hmm. 100%. And you saw when I posted this on the Instagram that – and I think I think you were the one that commented this, that you were just like, it's not a good day to be Amber. 
Because <laughs> I called the second I saw the news broke. The first thing I did was call my little sister, and I'm not joking you. She started crying. She was not happy in the slightest. I felt so so bad. But right now I'm kind of mixed on how I want Benny to perform. You know, if Penny, if like you say, Benny goes back to 2018. Not even that. Let's say he goes to his prime, which was 2017. His best season statistically was 2017, which is technically his rookie year, right? If he goes back to those numbers, great for him. That's awesome. I'm glad he was able to get this change of scenery and be able to become back to the player that we knew he could be in Boston. But at the same time, I kind of want him to struggle at least this year so we could say, you know, Haim made a good trade. And, I mean, it doesn't even matter. Either way, we just took a player that batted 103 that had four hits throughout an entire season that wasn't an injury-plagued season, right? And we just switched him for one major league-ready player and four prospects. You know, what really – are there a ton of other trades that you could say a gym has been able to swindle that? No, this this was a you know the perfect hoodwink. I mean, people get so caught up in the fact that maybe you know he's a quote unquote franchise player that you know that's that's Benny. Like, how could you do that? But you know, we we can't have mascots on the team. You know, yep. can't have you just looking in the outfield looking good if you're gonna be uh, putting up a 103 batting average. Nah, that's that's you Bobby Dalbeck's job now. <laughs> Bobby Dalbeck's yeah, the one I mean, to look good. Yeah. So, I mean, this is the the perfect trade. I, I mean, I, I don't know if Kime could have did a, a better job. I mean, if asking any more than four prospects, like you said, another outfielder that can take any spot possibly, you know, maybe have Chavis in left or Frenchie or, you know, even Gonzalez, Marwin Gonzalez, if you decide to. But, you know, replacing, you know, fringe average Benny with, you know, someone – equal or you know with greater upside with those four prospects tagging along even though we had to send money with benny uh, i think uh kind of won this trade mm-hmm. oh oh we're just getting some a little bit of breaking news on this um there's some details released i'm just seeing this article now it was released 40 minutes ago all right um so it's looking like the red sox because you know there was the Mets were in this trade also. You remember what the uh, Mets got? Uh, I, I think they got a fielder from the uh, Royals. I, I can't remember. Correct. I can't remember his name to save the life of me. But – oh, Khalil Lee. All right. Yes. Khalil Lee used to be a top prospect in the Royals organization. But what happened – was Heim basically made two different trades. It wasn't a three-team deal. So Heim went to the Royals, made the um, trade with the Royals for – it was Benny for Cordero, Khalili, and – no, sorry. It was to acquire Cordero, Khalili, and two players to be named later in exchange for Benny and Cash. Then the Red Sox went to the Mets and traded Lee for Winkowski and another 
player to be named later. The thing is, from what I've heard about Khalil Lee, he was a top prospect for a reason. Dude could do, like, everything. You know, I'm surprised that Heim let a prospect like that, like, without even trying his potential, just went in a different direction, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's got to be a reason behind that, whether he just valued Wikowski better as a pitching uh, prospect, maybe just trying to add depth there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, even if Khalil has a huge upside, uh, I think riding the team now, I mean, we'll never know until maybe a few years from now with this small part that, just like you said, it got overlooked. And even though it was two multiple trades, looked like a three-team trade. We won't know till a few years from now if uh, that was an oversight by Kime. But uh, at the time, right now, I think I'm just happy that Benny's gone and we got some replacements, future replacements as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you kind of – I mean, I, I'm the way I'm looking at it now, the trade in itself, like the big picture was a win. This little part of the trade, I would say, is an L. But, I mean, looking at Winkowski, he didn't play in 2020 because obviously we didn't have minors. But in 2019, he went 10-8 and with a 2.69 ERA, um, a 1.2 whip, which ain't bad, and 2.5 strikeouts per walk. So not the greatest numbers. Like, it's not like he's one of the best minor league pitchers out there. But not bad, you know? Not too upset about it. Yeah, it's someone you know, you get people working with them, especially, you know, maybe in a few years, having pitchers per sale, others helping them. Uh, I mean, you can go from just average to, you know, having good development. Uh, I can't be mad at it. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Like, And we've seen how Heim works with, prospects he's good with prospects he's proven that throughout his time right so i'm gonna and people are already like even after the trade if you look at the red sox comment section for this trade it's literally just filled with fireheim comments and i'm sitting here like people really give this guy some time he's not bobby valentine god damn it all right we can roll with this for a little while we can survive for a couple years. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. You know, it's not the end of the world. But we're not going to know unless we give him like three years minimum. So he's gotten his one year of sucking. Now we're going to take our next two years. And then hopefully by the end of those two years, we'll be a championship contender. Yeah. I mean, I get it. We're Boston fans. We're used to perfection, right? We're used to teams being great. We always have a team like in the talks for a contention. Right now, we really have only two, the Bruins and the Celtics, right? Patriots suck, and the Red Sox still suck. We're better than we were last year, but we still suck. You know, we expect perfection, and right now we have a very, very – we haven't won a championship in two years. Like, to us, that's starving for a championship, you know? <laughs> Tampa Bay's gotten three in the last year. Uh, three finals appearances in the past year. Yeah, it's got me jealous. Definitely. I miss you, Tom Brady. That was the secret to all Red Sox dynasties was Tom Brady. So the, think about it. The Celtics, uh, the Celtics sucked in the early 2000s. Never mind. Ignore that. But he he was the secret to why we've been able to win so much. Now that he's gone, the entire luck of Boston is gone. 
that's how that's how I'll say this. But let's get on let's get on to the next thing. So we had a free agent leave that we don't know if he's coming back yet, but it's looking very unlikely. I'm gonna take you through with Jackie Bradley Jr. His um what some experts are saying his main places to be are gonna go. Right? So it's just projected one through six. First, and they're saying is their top um, option for him is the Astros. Now, for me, as much as I'd hate to see him on the Astros, I honestly think it's the second best fit for him. And I'll say why later, but I can see it. They just lost Springer. Springer went to the Blue Jays, you know. They need a center. They don't really need an offensive-minded center fielder. So, you know, it works with what they need. Yeah, and you know, it's kind of been the word the entire offseason. I'm pretty sure the second place you might say is possibly Toronto. But all year we've been hearing, or possibly the Mets, all year we've been hearing, hey, you know what, after losing Springer, the Astros are going to want him. The Mets are obviously going to want him and be willing to spend for it. And, you know, Toronto's just decided that, just like the Padres, they're going to spend money this offseason, try and contend. So I, I could see him possibly going to Toronto. But what really surprised me is that um, some people were thinking that after trading Ben Attendee, that this is a clear sign that Kime is going to re-sign Bradley. And I, as much as I'd love to see it, I just I don't think it's going to happen. Because just saying because Benny's gone, you, you re-sign Bradley to, you know, put Bradley in center. I guess you shift Verdugo back to right, move Renfro to left. Uh I just, I see that money being spent elsewhere. And like you said, you know, at this point, it would be wasting his prime. He, he wants to contend. I mean, he's got one ring. Who doesn't want other another, especially if you can uh, win another ring, getting paid like you're going to win another ring. I, I just don't see him coming back. And I could definitely see him possibly, you know, in a Mets or an Astros uniform, not so much the Blue Jays. Uh, I don't see it. So, nah, you know, since it, I've gotten Springer. Nah, I don't see it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that completely left my mind. Like, yeah, that's where Springer went, so definitely not the Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I just – yeah, I don't see him coming back. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, the thing the thing about him is he's 31, right? He's already gotten that great taste of what it's like to win it all. You know, he's going to want that more, and especially once this is like the back half of his prime – He's really gonna want to get to that next to that next championship. You know, he's gonna want to win one, two, three more by the time his career is done. Right? Which confuses me why the second team they have is the Giants. Which I mean, you got Yastrzemski and right, but this the Giants are a rebuilding team. They're nowhere close to competing for a championship, which we'll look at later, but I'm yeah that that doesn't sound like a a real good fit to me especially I mean we'll probably talk about it later but I was looking at the uh fan graphs you know percentage the Giants were definitely not one of are definitely not one of those teams that are going to be uh competing for the postseason this year next year probably the year after that mm-hmm. I, I really don't yeah that that doesn't make sense to me honestly you know, being on the Mets or the Astros is going to give him that contending chance with money. Um, 
I honestly, I'd hope you go to the Mets. I'm not an Astros fan. Uh, you know, lovely ballpark. Just can't like them after the whole scandal and everything. So I, I hope the Mets sign him. I mean, obviously, if there's any way Kime is going to bring him back, you know, a fan in me is going to say yes. But mm-hmm. realistically, he's probably going to be a Met. And that's where I see him going. Yeah. Um, it, as the article goes on to describe, it's more of a signing that would just bring people to the ballpark, you know? Get a little it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a winning move. It would be a let's just get some more fans and seats kind of move. Yeah, as many as we can this year. And it's kind of the same for the third team that's on here, which is Cleveland. Which same thing. They say Bradley might be out of their price range, but it's more of a just kind of get some more people in seats kind of thing. Yeah, I think Cleveland would be, if that's really the goal, Cleveland would probably have a better chance at getting Bradley, putting people in seats. I don't see that happening. San Francisco, you know. I mean, not saying that, you know, Jackie isn't a a big, big name. He's obviously big to us. But, you know, on a team on the Giants where your biggest name right now is, you know, Yastrzemski, which, you know, I love watching him play. It was really exciting, you know, kind of surprised. But, you know, putting Bradley on that team isn't going to make people, you know, come to the ballpark, mm-hmm. especially not here where we're still limit, limited on no fans can go at all at this point. No, so we got so fans. Many, we got fans coming. Here in uh, California, it's oh, a little – in California. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I thought you were so talking about Boston. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a while before uh, – San Francisco is even going to be putting people in seats. So just sad. Yeah, it's, it's if it I, really comes down to buying Bradley just to fill seats, it's got to be Cleveland. But even then, like they said, it's not in their price tag. They're clearly sellers this offseason sending Lindor. You, you can't send Lindor to New York and then say, oh, we're bringing in Jackie to, uh, you know, fill in seats. It's, it's not going to happen. Yeah, no, I can – I can completely see that. But my question is why they put those above these other teams? Because the fourth team they say is us. And I'm like, yes, I see us as like his number four spot. But I'd see like the Mets and yeah. maybe, I don't know, like another contending team above that. Maybe even the, like the Phillies would want to throw them an offer. But they say we're the fourth best team beside, behind the Giants and the Indians. Which, at this point, I don't even think it makes sense to bring him back because we have now Franchi, Verdugo, Renfro, um, uh, Marwin Gonzalez, and uh, who am I forgetting? Possibly Chavis if you play him left. Chavis maybe in the outfield. Kike Hernandez maybe in the outfield. I swear we signed one more of them for getting, but, you know. And you remember I was saying this at the end of the other episode, right? The outfield from 2016 or 2016, 2017 to 20 to the day Mookie got traded, right? That was a symbol for like us, like growing out of like this next phase of Red Sox baseball. You know, we're getting into the 2020s now. 2020 was the end of that championship team phase. We now need to rebuild and just get to the next phase. And it, I honestly think it's kind of poetic that 
Mookie and Benny were traded on the same day, exactly one year apart. Yeah. Yeah, and just like I thought it was funny, like you said, YouTube didn't see you were doing the little outfield dance, wind the cameras, have someone do a little dance. Yeah, I'm definitely going to miss the Killer Bees. The actual successful Killer Bees, you know, we won a championship. Steelers yes. definitely did it. <laughs> Gotta love it. No, we don't, we don't, don't talk like, about the Steelers. All right, they, they get talked about enough on TikTok. But, yeah, you know, uh, and, you know, I follow uh, Jackie on uh, Twitter, and, you know, he did put a, a picture, I think, of them all together with, you know, kind of the yep. Bees emote. And, you know, it did make me feel a little sad because it's like, yeah, you know, Benny's gone. Betts last year went off, won a championship. Just like you said, being, you know, one uh, a year to the day, Benny gets traded on the same day, Bradley not coming back. You know, it's, it's going to be really different having, you know, not a completely new outfield, but I mean, you know, Verdugo's still fresh to the team. You're going to be putting two more people on the field uh, who weren't on the team last year, most likely. So, you know, it's going to be a real adjustment point. But like you said, got to rebuild, reload, you know, hopefully there will be uh, others coming, bring some people up. They can be the future of our outfield. But yeah, right now it's just, you know, patch it up, try and hopefully uh, be able to contend in the next couple of years. Mm -hmm. Man, I really, really hope so. Like, like I said, we're Boston fans. We expect perfection. You know, I hate, I hate these losing seasons, but we, some of us like, Longer time fans and more realistic fans know it's part of the game. You know, teams' dynasties last and then they fall, then they last and then they fall. Unless your name is the Dodgers or the Yankees and you could just spend unlimited money and always just be like either championship team or like second fiddle. You know, they've never – when was the last time the Dodgers had like a losing season? We don't know. That's how baseball is though. <laughs> if you're not named the Dodgers, Yankees, and – that's about it. Those are the two biggest markets. If you're not named one of those teams, you're probably going through a stretch of years where you just suck. All right. And we can thank Dave Dombrowski for that, but we don't mention Dave Dombrowski. Phillies will be very – Phillies will be in that conversation very soon. Yeah. I guarantee you. Say that again? Say give them a year or so, and the, they'll be filling it. No, I'd, I'd say – what I'm saying is this year they're going to be like borderline playoff team. Next year – Dombrowski's going to say, well, I just made the playoffs. You know, I just need one or two more pieces. Boom, Chris Bryant. Boom, maybe, maybe even Mike Trout. Like, I don't even pull that outside of the realm of possibility. Like, get get somebody like that. Maybe sign Lindor if he doesn't ink an extension with the Mets. You know, go after a huge, huge name. And then you're just – we're like, oh, my God, Phillies are championship contenders. They go either to the finals or win the finals – or the World Series, I'm sorry – they either go or they win it, and then within two years after that, in 2023, they suck again. Yeah. That was going to be. You know, that's that's the Dombrowski method. That It's how it is, how it was, how it will always be. Now, speaking of teams like the Dodgers and all that, right, we got some power rankings that officially came out for the first time earlier today. Who do you think is the number one team in the power rankings? Yeah, it's got to be the Dodgers. It's, you know, they didn't, they didn't get worse. They kind of – I. I have the feeling they kind of stayed the same, you know, over the past few weeks, they sent out some uh, bullpen arms. Uh, they traded Dylan Floro. I know uh, Pedro Baez signed with the Astros, but, you know, they did bring back Blake Trinian, you know, re-signed uh, Justin Turner. 
they're looking, you know, pretty much the same. Maybe one player off, but uh, they're pretty much at that same level. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I don't think that the Padres have gotten enough people to overtake them. It might be close, but yeah. I still put Dodgers number one. I'm I'm right there with you. Everything you said, I completely agree. Padres are second, Yankees are third, which I'm a little skeptical on putting the Yankees that high for right now. Give it like 15 games of the regular season, I'll probably change my – actually, no, Yankees are known for starting out slow. Give it like 50 games, and then I'll, I'll change that. But, I mean, for being this early, we're not even – we're just like pitchers and catchers are reporting in two days. Like, I'm fine with – Yankees being three. Yeah. yeah. Just when I look at their rotation, the starting rotation is definitely going to be the Yankees' weakest points. I mean, they've added some bullpen arms, but I still don't – I don't get as scared as the Yankees' bullpen as I did a few years ago. I think pitching is going to be their uh, downfall. Not necessarily like they're going to drop out of the playoffs or anything. But they're definitely not going to be that top one or two teams – overall in the entire majors they, they're still going to be a powerhouse in the uh, al but overall they're not going to be competing with the padres or the dodgers yeah and as it stands, they they think the yankees are going to be the best LA, um al team and make it to the make it to the um make it to the world series but let me ask this out of the yankees braves and mets rank those three for me in your own personal opinion, in my personal opinion, the Braves, Braves first. You know, the Braves are real scary. You know, really. Uh, I I think so. You know, uh, the past two years, right? They go they go to the NLCS last year. They choke. You know, that sucks on hardcore. Them. You know, yeah. they got up on the Dodgers. They got up on the Dodgers. That was all they could have asked for, and then choked. The year before that, you know, I think it went to game five against the Cardinals. They lost in blowout fashion in the first inning, devastating for them. But the Cardinals ended up getting swept by the Nationals. So, to me, basically they were at that level where they probably could have made the uh, NLCS last year. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, to me, you know, when I think of them, maybe not necessarily, you know, how they're built right now, but they still have all their pieces. You know, they got – uh, Azuna back um, you know they still have Acuna is really good their bullpen or not their bullpen the rotation is still really good I get scared of the Braves first uh, you know I could interchange them with the Yankees but uh, I honestly myself the Yankees have fallen short in the past few years and they haven't shown that they're any better than they are the previous year so I'm gonna go Braves then Yankees and then I forgot what the third team you said Mets. but obviously Mets rounding out the bottom part. You know, last year was supposed to be the Mets year. And, you know, adding, you know, Lindor is going to be great. You know, you may win the uh, NL East. You may get a wild card spot. You still aren't, you know. You still uh, don't have them as championship contenders? The the bullpen and the rotation is still it's weaker than the Yankees. I, I just don't see it. You know, they were supposed to hit Trevor Bauer. They were supposed to be big spenders, you know, adding to that. If they would have gotten Trevor Bauer, I might say – put them at second, but I'm not really scared of the Mets at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Um, so the way they have this is Yankees, Braves, and Mets, which I'm fine with. Personally, I'd have the Mets above the Braves. 
But that's just we'll, – we'll see how that goes throughout the season. The thing about this top 10 power rankings is we have three AL East teams in the top 10. We got Twins at 6, White Sox at 7, Blue Jays at 8, Astros at 9, and Rays at 10, which I can agree with. Do you think the Blue Jays or the Rays will do better this season? Um, I'm going to say Blue Jays because, you know, coming off last season, I think the Blue Jays have an overall better team. When I look at the Rays, um, you lose Charlie Morton, you lose Blake Snell, and even though their thing isn't really starting pitching, it's, you know, pitch enough innings to where we can throw it to the bullpen, and mm-hmm. they didn't lose any bullpen arms, you know, they relied on pitching in their own fashion to win games. They weren't really an offensive team. And when I look at the Blue Jays, how they've gotten better offensively, and they still have a, you know, pretty good rotation um, with Ryu heading that, you know, I I like the uh, the Blue Jays better than the Rays at this point. Not saying that the Rays wouldn't make the postseason or anything, but I definitely like the Blue Jays a whole lot better than I like the Rays right now. Mm-hmm. In my personal opinion, and I've said this before, and I'm going to stick to it till I'm wrong, Yankees this year are going to get 87 wins. The Blue Jays and the Orioles, not, not the Orioles, screw the Orioles, uh, the Rays are going to tie at 82 wins. Red Sox are going to get 75. Orioles are going to get 63, maybe. Yeah, that's about how I see it. I see us as being the fourth place team in the AL East, which I'm fine with for this year. I don't expect a playoff appearance. I don't expect nothing like that. But let me ask you this. Where do you think they rank the Red Sox out of the out of 30 teams? Well, you know, after what we had last year practically being, I can't remember if it was second or third worst, but like second or third worst in the AL, we got a little bit better overall. I can think of a lot, a lot of teams that are in a worse off situation than us. I think we have to be somewhere between 15 and 17. I'll say 17. Oh, you're so close. It's 15. 15. Okay. They got us right in the middle. Right? They got us as the most average team in the MLB, which last, last year they had us at 17. And we obviously weren't the 17th best team. Yeah. yeah, but in that same sentence, they had the Marlins as third to worst. Yeah, so yeah. you know these power rankings can be insanely wrong. We can either be so much better or so so much worse. But if they um, MLB put out a post saying the percentage chance of each team to make the playoffs. Now, in the NL West, Dodgers and Padres have the most Dodgers having like a 97% chance Padres having a 93 NL central is kind of up in the air between Cardinals Brewers Cubs and Reds which I can see the Pirates suck uh Mets and Braves they're saying are going to make it out of the NL East with the Nationals having a slight chance but not really AL West they have the Astros winning that division with the Angels and Athletics fighting in there for the second for the wild card spot or the second place spot. AL Central they got the Twins and um, Twins and White Sox fighting for it. 
And then in our division, they have the Yankees with a 92% chance. Uh, the Blue Jays with a 53% chance. Us with a 47% chance. The Rays with an 18% chance. And then the Orioles at an absolute 0.0% chance. Yeah, so this interested me because I, I saw this too. And, you know, I figured, like you, fourth best team. So seeing us above the Rays, you know, by, by like 30%, that kind of intrigued me. And then I started to think I couldn't remember if how many postseason uh, slots there are going to be this year if they went back to five with uh, the full season. It's the same. So they kept a lot of rules. We're still having the runner on second and extra innings, which I hate. We still have the um, two teams in the um, per division plus two wildcard teams. So I, I think that's why we get a better chance. And when I look at that, when I, when I look at between the Rays and the Red Sox, even though the Rays went to the World Series last year, I don't think we're we're all too different in our team makeup. We're definitely better on the uh, offensive side, but our you know the Rays make it up in the pitching. If if we could edge out you know the Rays, uh, well, looking at everybody else, basically our competition because we're not going to win the division. Our competition is the Rays, uh, the Blue Jays, the Indians, the Angels, and you know when I when I look I, at everybody else, you know. I'm from L.A., so I know the Angels are going to choke. They break our hearts every year. The Indians are sellers. We're sellers this past offseason. Who knows how they'll compete? So I really see it. You know, we're going to be fighting between the Rays for possibly making that last spot. And to me, it, it doesn't really matter if we make that spot or not. Because even if we make that spot and somehow – I mean, I could see us beating the, you know, top-ranked team in the AL – in the wild card and, you know, uh, a three-game set, we aren't making it much far past that. So, honestly, myself, it would be great if we made it to the postseason. I don't think it changes anything because we won't have a deep run. But it, it really did surprise me putting us at 47% to make the uh, playoffs. Uh, that's kind of a – it was surprising. Seeing seeing 0% for the uh, Orioles wasn't surprising, but, you know, seeing 47% for us definitely was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I completely agree with you. And I apologize for any background noise. People outside my door don't know how to shut up. And you're in college too, right? You're in high uh, On my way. Yeah, last year. Your last year in high school. Yeah, when you get to a freshman dorm, sometime, and I live in a freshman dorm because I work here, some people just don't know when – you see what I mean? Some people just don't know when to shut up. All right, I got to go yell at them later because I have to work tonight. But, yeah, I completely agree with you. I think I – you you were right. Our, our main competition this year, I'm saying, is the Blue Jays, the Rays, the Indians, maybe the White Sox, the Athletics, and the Angels, depending on how the baseball gods see fit. You know, though that's our main competition. We definitely aren't winning the division – and we're not coming anywhere close. These people need to learn to shut up around other people's storms. But, yeah, that's, that's about it for me for there. And, I mean, whether we make the playoffs or we don't, I'm happy with this season. You know, I have very low expectations. I have very low um, – what do you want to call it? I have very low standards, especially after being so let down last season and being so heartbroken. You know, this season I'm a lot more 
enthusiastic for which way we're going to go. doesn't matter what we do. You know, as long as I see Devers be better, Bogarts be better, Verdugo make that step and maybe be an all-star, Chris Sale get back to healthy, Erod get back to healthy, Vasquez have a good year. See these new guys, Ottavino, Whitlock, um, Hauk, Pavetta, maybe Mata, see those guys make a jump. I'm more than happy with this season. Doesn't matter the outcome for me. Yeah, it's it's just the first step to getting better next year. And so, like I said, whether we do get that playoff spot, whether we just fall short, it, it doesn't matter to me. I'm going to be happy as long as we're we're making progress. Basically, you know, just getting a year to see where everybody's at. You know, some of these one-year uh, peace people probably won't be here next season. And so I'm, I'm not going to be too invested in how a Hunter Renfro does. But, you know, seeing how our core players, like you said, uh, Bogarts, Devers, uh, you know, uh, JD will probably be not be in our future. But just liking him as a player, maybe see him step up this year. It'll be great to see how we're looking for uh, the uh, 2022 season. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what mainly we got to look forward to is the 2022, 2023, 2024 seasons. 2022, we make the playoffs. 2023 and 2024, we compete for a World Series. That's the way I'm looking at right now. Hopefully, that's the way it goes. But I got to end up running soon, so we got to end the episode kind of quick. One last sad piece of news. Albert Pujols might call it a career after this after this season. I mean, he's 41 years old. And he said, right now, I don't have a plan to play for the future. I've worked all winter to be ready for the first day of training. I will take this year day by day without creating expectations. These are things that happen you just cannot control. I will try not to think about the future, but what I can do now for this organization, my body will dictate what I should do later. That, to me, sounds like a guy who doesn't want a retirement parade. You know, Albert Pujols is one of the greatest players we've seen throughout our lives. Right? He's been in there. And that's just a name that's been consistently up there for us. You know, he's been a guy that we know is very humble. Is it one to very to go for the limelight? Just like David Ortiz, but David Ortiz was such a perennial player. He deserved kind of a retirement parade. My guess is this is Albert Pujols last year, and he's just gonna ride off into the sunset. He's not gonna get that last moment where he's gonna tip the hat to the to the fans. He doesn't want it. He just wants to stay out of the limelight. Yeah, and what really stands out to me is that point where he says, you know, he'll let his body dictate the year. Um, to to me, that sounds like he probably won't even play the whole season, especially when I think of, you know, he's not DHing as much with Otani coming back and uh, Blair Walsh uh, playing a lot more at first. Mm-hmm. He's getting games in there, but, I mean, definitely fielding isn't there, uh, running around the uh, base pass and, you know, He's not the definitely not even average speed out there. And so, you know, uh, I mean, if he were to play, you know, every third game, I, I'd be happy to see him go. You know, uh, I'll definitely be watching every game. Every game he plays, I'll be watching it because can't take this this last season for him for granted. Whether he does decide to play next year or not, uh, I'll definitely be watching with great interest, you know, hoping for long balls because he's definitely not uh, busting it around the track with any singles or doubles. So, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I wish him well. He's had a, a great career. And, you know, I even if he doesn't want the limelight, you know, I, I hope it's a special year for him. Man, I really hope so too. Like, 
like I said, they have his team like barely on the like brink of the playoffs. So it it don't look like they're gonna make any sort of you never know, obviously, but I I just don't see him having his Peyton Manning Sheriff's last ride moment. You know, yeah. this team's this team's not making it that far, which is sad to say, but of course, very few players' careers have ended with a championship. That's just not really how the storybooks end. But with that being said, I do have to go very soon, so we will wrap up the episode. Uh, before we go, I know I'm putting you on the spot because I forgot to say this before we started. Give me one positive thing that's happened this week to you, either personal for you or something in the sports world. My one rule is just it doesn't involve baseball. Oh, well, uh, my thing would be that I got accepted into my first college at uh, Ooh, Cal let's Baptist. Let's go. Um, I know uh, when you say uh, now, of course, I'm not going to remember. I think Garrett Richards is from Riverside, and then uh, it was a shortstop. Of course, now I'm going to Christian Cross. Christian Cross was from uh, Riverside. That's schools in Riverside. I'm not too far from Riverside. So it's nice, you know, getting that uh, first acceptance, knowing I can stay somewhere near home and uh, being in an area, you know, a lot of our guys actually come from Riverside. So, you know, it's nice. Uh, it's one of those things. I didn't say it then, but I was kind of, every time I heard Christian Koss or saw Garrett Richards, I heard Riverside. I was all like, yeah, that, you know, that's us out here. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's yeah. my news for t- this week. That is amazing, man. Congratulations. Like I know how it is to get that first acceptance letter. It's it's just such a relief off your shoulders, ain't it? Yeah. And yes. how big how big was the school for you? Like, where was it in your rankings? Oh, it's it was definitely a number two great program there. Nice, nice. Uh, what major are you thinking going into? Uh, architecture. Ooh, nice way to be. Hey, congratulations for you, bud. Uh, let's see. I, I I kind of already said my thing, but like I said, we just hit record numbers for. Spotify and iTunes. YouTube, I mean, we don't have a ton of views on YouTube when it comes to it, but hey, I'm not complaining. I got, you know, like the same consistent, I would say, 15 to 20 people that watch my show every week. I couldn't be more happy with that, you know. It, it makes it makes me happy knowing that there's at least like 15 people out there that sit here and watch my show Every single week, it couldn't make me happier. You know, we made record numbers for here, for there, uh, for Spotify. I'm hoping to get to my goal is 400 by the end of the month. We got 12 days to get about 180 more views on the Spotify, and I believe we can do it. I'm ready for it, you know, and I'm ready to see what lies ahead for this brand in general. But with that being said, you got anything else to say to people before we go? Uh, you know, just keep listening. You know, Robert puts in a whole bunch of work to make sure these uh, episodes come in, working around a busy college schedule. So, you know, definitely enjoy listening twice a week. And I know everybody else out there does. And so keep up the work because we definitely appreciate it. Man, and you don't know, because like I said, you've, you've been here for months. You were, for the longest time, I know you were my one person that would consistently listen to our episodes. You know, and I would tell Ari that, and we were so excited that we had at least one person that we know would listen to our episodes every single week. And that honestly meant the world to us, you know, and it starts with one, you know, and we slowly just keep building that audience, keep doing the thing that I love to do. And we're going to get more people, 
Like I've had people tell me on the Instagram and stuff like you guys deserve more followers. You guys deserve more uh, subscribers on YouTube. And I'm like, at this point right now, I don't really care about that. You know, I care about those 15 to 20 people that consistently watch my episodes and that love the content I put out. You know, that's what I do it for right now. And the better I get at that, the more followers come. Yeah, that's about how I go with it. But huge thank you to you for coming on the show. I really do appreciate it. We'll have you back on sometime in the future, probably closer to when the regular season starts. And trust me, you will get you will get to know what this busy college schedule is like. Oh, yeah. Like, for me as a dancer, it's weird because most people have about five to six college classes to do. Right? I have ten. I have double the schedule as a normal college student, so it's twice as tough for me. But you'll understand how busy the schedule is and how rigorous you're going to have to go. But thank you for coming on. With that being said, to the people, thank you guys so much for watching. I really do appreciate you guys every single week, twice a week. God bless you guys. Roll that outro music. I will see you guys in the next one. <laughs>